0: Without student engagement, is there any point in trying to teach anything? Hello, I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Learning Capacity, brought to you by LearnFast. If you're looking for science-based language, learning and reading programs for your school or child, visit learnfasthome.com.au. And you can subscribe to this podcast completely for free, search for Learning Capacity on iTunes or your favourite podcast app, or visit soundcloud.com learnfast. These days, the education conversation is clearly shifting back towards learning, rather than schoolwork. But what if your students aren't engaged or interested in what you think they should learn, or what the curriculum thinks they should learn? And what if teachers think that student-centred learning is a great idea, but the students don't? Surely not every student is enthusiastic about learning. Is lack of student engagement the elephant in the room, or the classroom? My guest today is Richard Andrew, a specialist in online learning, He's had a wide range of experience in classrooms across Australia and interacted with hundreds of teachers through the professional development courses he delivers. In this episode, we take a light-hearted but serious look at possibly one of the most significant topics in the education debate. Richard, great to have you back on the show.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here, Colin.
0: When it comes to engagement, you've got quite an experience. You've been around and seen quite a lot of different situations. Can you give us the scope of what that looks like?
1: Uh, well, I have been around. Um, so my first stint at teaching was at Clare High School in South Australia. I'm a South Australian uh, by birth. which was So I had six years there. It was a fantastic um, start to teaching. Uh, a, a country boy couldn't have asked for a better, a better, friendlier sort of staff and great kids and so on. But the, my first year of teaching was probably about as bad as you can get in terms of just tough um kid, you know at at war with the students you know so if i had two good lessons in a week that was a pretty good week um and then conversely my second year of teaching if i had two bad lessons in a week that was considered a bad week so you know i went from one extreme to another um, but then i had the uh nomadic bug hit me after six years uh, well, before six years really but i did six years at clear and then i had probably seven or eight years where i was quite nomadic so i did a lot of a lot of casual teaching, mass tuition, hospitality, um, and so the casual teaching, uh, I think I have racked up about 30 plus schools. So that,
0: that took you all around Australia, didn't
1: it? Well, Northern Territory, uh, South Australia and New South Wales, yeah, but there was quite a bit in the Northern Territory, so that, that was a fairly diverse experience. Um, and then I had two stints, I've had three permanent stints altogether. Uh, together as a two year stint at a little Jewish school of, um, literally 38 students, which is <laughs> from years, uh, seven to 10. That was an extraordinary, um, learning experience. And so I was pretty much the entire math department there. And then another, uh, small school, well, was was small in the beginning because it was only a third year of, um, of, of its operation. And so that also for a couple of years i was pretty much the entire math department so that allowed me a lot of experimentation time because i didn't have the um the uh, head of department saying no you can't do that richard <laughs> because i had a fair bit of free range. So that was an interesting thing as well but yeah all up 30 odd 30 odd schools and probably i don't know maybe 400 different classes obviously a lot of them mine casual
0: teaching or as they say in the states the the substitute teacher uh, I think would immediately uh, conjure up images in people's minds of that person who doesn't get as much respect as the usual teacher or perhaps uh, significantly less engagement. Has that been your experience?
1: Well, yes, there's obviously that element to it. However, um, like if if I'm to compare myself in a class with what I perceive is the normal situation with their normal teacher – there would be times, sure, when I think that um, the kids are acting up for me in 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 the way that they wouldn't for the normal teacher. But there's also the flip side, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Um, but there there have been a number of times when I've sort of clicked it with a class after the kids realise that I've actually got something to offer. And when they say at the end, "Oh, gee, I wish we could have you as our teacher." <laughs> It's it's like it's nice to hear, but it's also a bit sad, and and that's not because I've let them play Tiddlywinks or whatever. I mean, it's because we've we've actually done something that's worthwhile. So, it's really, um, you know, it's 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 a bit of everything.
0: So it it must be uh, quite awkward then to think, well, what do I say to? the regular teacher when I have to report back on what happened, you know, cause usually you have to write notes about, uh, you yeah. know, did they, did they do the work and were they motivated and, and so forth? Has that sometimes been a problem for you as well?
1: No, not really. I mean, I don't, if I think that like where I think I've performed better, I, I won't make any mention of that. I'll just say what, what the students covered. But I mean, just, just for if, if, if I, it'd be good to put in a few examples here because on on one end, there was one particular school which had, you know, it was a very good culture in the school. And there was one lesson. I, I looked at this lesson plan and I'm thinking, blimey, this is quite a complicated thing with there was equipment and group work and all the sort of, you know, some sort of game type situation. I'm thinking this is this is going to be interesting. And these kids just they took one look at me and totally allowed me to run the, 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 the session, which I'm – was one of the best lessons I've ever taught. I don't didn't know, uh, know any of their names, right? And that—that that was the culture in that school and the culture in that classroom. Then you've got the other end of the spectrum. Um, These classic, you know, I've never seen a better strategy by a bunch of students to completely thwart a casual teacher. And <laughs> I took my—I took my hat off to them. Sounds Seriously, painful. I, I walked into this class, and and um, there—it's not that they were running, right? I think it might have been. I think they were all girls. And the, the strategy was, just pretend he's not in the room. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm, you, I'm you were poli- shunned. <laughs> I'm politely getting, yeah, you know, and they're having all these conversations going on, and I'm politely getting their attention, and I didn't exist. I wasn't in the room. I'm thinking, these girls, this is phenomenal. This is a really good ploy. I've never seen, this is as good as it gets. Somehow, I eventually got their attention. We did something, but that's 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 another end of the spectrum. And and then there was a mass class, you know, a number of these. But you know, you, you walk in and immediately you know these kids are not up for doing any work. It ain't going to happen, right? And so you know, I, as a casual, I refuse to go to war with kids. It's just it's a losing game, in, in my view, um, I'd rather work with the kids who want to be engaged. So I, I simply wrote the the instructions on the board. And I quietly said to them, okay, kids, this is what's required. Everyone got that? Okay. And I knew, and of course, nothing happened. I knew that, and I knew exactly nothing was going to happen. You could just tell. But then what I did, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go around and, and I, I'd sidled up to some of these students. And I said, um, what's your name? Oh, John. John. Ah, looks to me like you've, you're you not intended to do any work today.
0: <laughs> just just and tell yeah, it like yeah. it is.
1: <laughs> and he, he, he just looked at me and go, yeah, yeah, right. And I, went, yeah, I thought so. And I just move on. And it was partly a psychological thing. I just wanted them to realize that I knew what was going on and, and yeah. that I was, wasn't going to operate in the normal way. And so I, I did this with a few kids and went out to the front. And then a couple of minutes later, I, I announced to them, uh, to the, to them all, I said, look, you, you guys don't know me, but I'm actually a really good maths teacher and I'm really good at, at explaining stuff. Why don't you try me out? Oh, okay. Good technique. So, so, so a couple of these kids put the hand up because again I wasn't trying to get the blanket coverage. I just wanted to ignite some kids, right? So a couple of these kids asked a question, and so I did my stuff, and they went, "Oh," and then a few other kids, and then a few other kids, and I I didn't win them all over, but I probably had half of them that were actually, oh, this is good." You know, I can't ever understood that, you know. And then so by the end, at the end of the lesson, I had some of these kids come up to me and say, "That was great." You know, I wish we could have you all the time which was sad because clearly I'd hit a mark that the normal teacher didn't have because with a class like that, you can tell. You can tell what the normal state of play is.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that despite the initial appearance of no engagement or no desire for engagement, it is kind of there if you scratch underneath the surface, which, which leads me to ask you about a comment that you've made about engagement sometimes being the elephant in the room. Why do you think it's engagement in particular that is the elephant?
1: Well, I don't actually think it's engagement that's the elephant. I think it's disengagement. But that's—I being pedantic But it—but it's—it's um, true. Um, so again, my well, I haven't mentioned this, but my entire experience has been high schools. So I suspect I've got some friends who have been primary teachers, and I've been in their classrooms. And I don't know if they're a representative um, cohort, but I've—I've I've seen some amazing things happen in primary schools. I suspect there's a general higher level of engagement in the primary department than high school. But I, that's anecdotal. I really have nothing to prove that on. So, but anyway, my experience is high school. So, um, if we're going to talk about the elephant, I think we need to define what engagement is. So, you know, recently I built a deck. I never built anything of consequence before. I built a lot of, you know, rustic secondhand wood furniture type stuff, which I enjoy doing. But this is the first time I'd spent serious, <laughs> serious money on wood, and uh, equipment, and I thought, and if if I stuff this up, you know, this is going to be this is going to be tears. Yeah, well, so- someone might hurt themselves. Well, not so much. Yes, well, that's possible. But I was more concerned about throwing, you know, a thousand dollars down the drain, and or or spending hours and hours on something that I look at and think that's just absolute rubbish. You know how <laughs> embarrassing. So it was a bit of pride at stake. But but my point is, you know, I did a lot of research for this, and and uh, and and stressed it out a little bit, and made plans, and double checked and triple checked, and then finally started, and then. Realized that the real problems to be solved weren't, aren't even shown on the videos, but worked it out and got... It was an amazingly engaging project, and I'm, I'm stoked with the product. And um, so that, you know, I think that's a definition of of some of true engagement in a learning process. Um, now, when it comes to education in the classroom, I've got... In one of my courses, I asked teachers to describe what they would consider a, an engaged classroom. And... Um, I knew this question was coming, Colin. So there's there's a couple I've written down here, but you know, one short one was a, uh, an engaged classroom is one where all students are actively involved with exploring the concept under discussion. It probably doesn't look organised or quiet. Oh,
0: that's interesting. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah, know, another one was an engaged classroom is where students feel that they're able to take charge of their own learning, where the teacher facilitates students at their different levels, and students are intrinsically motivated to complete their work. They're able to make real-world connections. Uh, Gay students check their answers and actively seek to understand their work. Students feel comfortable and safe to offer responses and questions about the content that they're able to work collaboratively. So, and, you know, there's other ones, but it's all on that sort of theme. So if that's what engagement is, then the question needs to be asked, well, what percentage of kids today on any one day are engaged like that?
0: Yeah and how many of those and how many of those kids would actually all agree with that definition? I mean surely there'd have to be some kids who just don't want to have to work that hard during the day to be that engaged.
1: Well, absolutely they don't. But but you see, you know, in a previous podcast we talked about toddlers. Now if you look at a toddler, they're pretty engaged in whatever <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement. They're fully engaged in whatever they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it seems to go on for quite a number of years until they get into later well let's say very late primary school, but early high school it really starts to uh, tip the other way
1: yeah, I think it can happen before then I think um, I just think when education is imposed on kids the the fire goes out. I don't know about you, but I if someone comes in to me and really wants to tell me something about something that i have absolutely no interest in, you know it ain't going to work but if, <laughs> if if i if I want to learn about building a deck and I'm talking to you and you've already built one, I'm going to be picking your brains because I'm, unf- you know, like, you know, this, especially before I started building one, you know. So the the whole, I think it's a lot to do with the institutionalized learning when it is a total imposition of right now, you know, we've, we've developed the curriculum for you and we're going to state what you're going to learn and how you're going to learn it. And I think You know, From my experience anyway, look, every time I've tried to do that, it just doesn't work, Colin.
0: Well, I think that's why you're probably hinting at the fact that it's disengagement that's the elephant in the room because when the students do get to that point where they start to switch off, it really usually is the teacher who's coming in saying, well, here's the curriculum, here's what we've got to get through, here's what I'd like you to do. And there's, well, realistically, there's very little choice because the curriculums are mandated. So we're really kind of in a, um, well, between a rock and a hard place, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, we are. I mean, I think I I could come back to, you know, my first big revelation when I was a teacher, my first year of teaching. Um, It was so obvious to me that for me, that well, it was so obvious to me that my students weren't engaged they weren't on the same page, and I'm thinking, before I can do anything, I've got to get these kids focused. I call it focus back then, but it's really engagement. I got to get the kids on on my page, on my team. Like it was so obvious to me that that's the first the first hurdle, and and you don't there's no other hurdle to reach until you've got that one yeah. nailed. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And I've taught you know for a long time. And that does not seem to be a standard kind of attitude in in other teachers that I've found. I, I, I mean, it, for me, it was such an obvious, this is number one, but for others, it's like, well, it's just a thing. It's, yeah, it's important, but, you know.
0: More from my discussion with Richard coming up. We've previously talked about the student-centred versus teacher-centred idea in episode 61 I spoke with educator Simon Brooks about this, and we started by talking about intellectual unmanageability. Well, intellectual unmanageability sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> but risky to some. I would, I, if, I, if my classroom is a place where children are constantly critiquing ideas respectfully, not each other, rudely, Challenging ideas, challenging notions, being healthily sceptical about concepts, being curious about the ideas that they're being, that they're exploring together. If that's what it is to be um, unmanageable, that sounds brilliant. Once again, to find that discussion, search for episode sixty-one, and you can find that by searching for "learning capacity" on iTunes or by visiting SoundCloud.com/learnfast. So let's go back to traditional teacher training then. And you often hear about learning things like uh, teaching and classroom management 101, um, where you you learn how to manage and handle the classroom. Perhaps the bigger question that we need to be asking is, does engagement precede all other conditions for quality learning and student participation? So for example, if my students were engaged, would I have to manage them?
1: Well, that's a very good question. That is a very good question. And I think the answer to that assuming the teacher can handle a bunch of engaged kids who can do you know if there's 15 of them or 20 of them there's 20 different things they can do um, then I would say if they're engaged what they need is guidance active guidance uh, by the teacher and there, there's yeah, the management isn't a behaviour management the management is steering them in the best possible direction for their learning
0: well, I, I think, I mean, I've had a previous guest on the, on the show, um, Ron Richart, who talks about management as being a really problematic word to use when it comes to the classroom because, mean, well, let's face it, who wants to manage children, right? It, it, that kind of just flies in the face of the whole idea of good teaching and learning because if, if it slides down into management, well, it's really becoming a, uh, a very process-orientated task, isn't it?
1: Well, true, but if you walk into a class that are completely off the wall, Then, you know, I I think your your behaviour management um, techniques come to the fore, and I I sort of look at I sort of look at behaviour, student management, and engagement to be kind of it's it's sort of all it's all in the one bag. Two sides of the
0: same coin, perhaps.
1: Perhaps, but I mean, some techniques lean towards more student management and and others lead more to engagement but but they're very you know it's a very gray area you can't you can't say right you know if i was running a face-to-face course you know okay the first half we're gonna look at student management the next half we're gonna look at engagement that would be silly because it's so interlinked
0: so are we saying then that engagement does precede all other conditions I mean, is it worth even trying to teach someone something if they're not engaged with it
1: well, no, I don't think it is and 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 that was what you know, as a twenty three year old, chronologically, sometimes I think maybe seventeen year old in other ways, um teacher, um that was so obvious to me that no, I've got to engage these kids, otherwise everything is a waste of time. I might as well throw the curriculum out the window.
0: All right, well, let's talk well, let's talk about how to make that actually happen, right because you've you've mentioned uh, or you've made a comment in a discussion we've had previously about getting engaged and being on the same page. Now, that sort of sounds like a, a a modern truism or something that sounds pretty easy to say or a bit trendy. But but how do we actually go about doing that? Should we talk a little bit about what to do and what not to do?
1: Well, it's easy to talk about what not to do. I All right. Well, let's about- let yeah,
0: let's talk about what not to do. How 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 to avoid how to avoid disengaging students. <laughs>
1: You mean how to disengage students? Yeah, in other words, yeah. yeah. Let's let's yeah. disengage them. <laughs> let's disengage them. So look, this is easy, you know. And, and look, listen, I, I'm talking from experience here because I, I know the stuff because I've done it all. <laughs> You've but, made, all the, made all the made all the mistakes. And which... look, that's one of the, look. I know this is one of the things that people um, appreciate about my courses because I'm I'm transparent and I you know I openly say that I think I've made more mistakes than any other teacher alive. Um, have you been to those those workshops? You know, with the presenter, and you think, "Oh my God, this this is the first perfect person I've ever met." You know, <laughs> this, this person <laughs> clearly never made any mistakes. It was just an absolute gun teacher from day one. You know, it's all and it's all squeaky clean. I I I, I, I don't I don't think that actually helps much. But um, I'm not that person. Anyway, so here's here's number one: just be a grouch, be grumpy, antsy, unsmiling. It always works. You know, you just <laughs> turn the kids off from day one. You yell at them. You know, da, da. so that's that's clearly, um, and of course, it's and and the the kids who who get that sort of treatment are the ones who least need it because yeah. they're the ones who are off the wall. And so, you know, and I've had classes where I think, right, today I'm going to be really positive for at least the first five minutes. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. And you walk in, there and within ten seconds. I'm barking at the same kid again yeah, because yeah, he's diotic, yeah. and I think you've just lost it ten although, seconds, Joseph Richard.
0: Although that kind of flies in the face of what I was uh, taught when I when I was starting in my teaching career, because the uh, a very highly esteemed person who was in an administrative position said, "Oh, and remember, don't smile until Easter,"
1: and I thought, "Oh, well, <laughs> that's that's my uh, what's his name, um, Bill Rogers quotes that one." And as and he quotes it as the most destructive piece of information you can ever give any teacher, and yet so many people have heard it. Um, look, it, it's really I find it if I go back to my early years of teaching, it's really difficult to find that line between um, being fair and actually having control. You know, and, and in in very, in very I'm a slow learner, Colin. Seriously. But so often I'd be like a week and a half into the year, and I'm thinking, these, these classes are fantastic. I've really got them on site and everything. And another week would go by, and that all turned on me. And I think, how did that happen? I didn't see it happen. I honestly didn't see it happening. And it happened for about three years in a row not every class, but some classes. And, and I couldn't work out. And, and I think as a teacher, you get really good, or good teachers get good at putting out fires when there are sparks. So you see the sparks. Yeah. Whereas a, 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 a less experienced teacher won't see the sparks. All of a sudden, there's a wildfire on their hands.
0: What about punishment? Well, Sh- that's, should we use punishment?
1: Th- this is my number three or four. I think um, that's absolute guarantee to get kids offside. Use punishment if they do something wrong. Punish them. It doesn't work. It never works. It doesn't even work in the prison system. It's it's like a thousand years old. We should just not do it anymore. Um, Consequences, yes, and fireside chats. I'm a big fan of fireside chats. You know, so some kids acting up, see me after class, you know, Torrin, and then after class, you go, mate, what's going on? Like you, you're acting as though, and you you describe the situation, and yet you, you're that's not what you want to do, is it? You know, do you, what's happening? You tell me, tell me, you know, mm. and 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 get them to see their side of the story. I I even had one kid. Um, I'm. Sure, I was convinced he didn't see how his speaking out of turn affected the class, and I said, "I don't think you know what you look like. Let me, is it okay if I do a role play?" So I said, <laughs> I said "You, you be me, and I'll be you," and I and I didn't. Have, and I just was him for about thirty seconds. I said, and then I stopped. and I said, "That's what it looks like. What do you think?" He says, "Oh, it's pretty awful." <laughs> but, but you know, you just treat them as. Treat them as little human beings because that's what they are. I think a lot of teachers, and I've been good with this in the past, is you talk at kids. Mm. Yeah, you know, It's like, like parents who talk at their kids as though they're, they're not animals, but they're not humans either. There's some other species that get talked at. Is that why lecturing and, is also a problem? Well, it can be. unless I mean, I've been to some lectures that are fantastic. They're really engaging, but most lectures aren't. So, so yeah, that's another way. Lecturing usually doesn't work. Um, but here, here's a classic. Uh, and it took, you know, it took me 20 years to work this out. Pretend to be an authoritarian when you're not. <laughs> so, so you know those teachers, they always used to annoy me. I was in awe of them. They'd walk into a class and everyone would go quiet. And um, you, you, you might even be one of them, Colin, but I certainly wasn't. And so it was always something that I thought I had to attain. And the only way I needed to attain it, or that I thought, was to kind of be stern and strict and grumpy with those kids who weren't side. And so that was a catch-22 until I realized that I had this person in the room once, this was quite late in my career, who was, was totally in opposition to what I was trying to achieve. And that person was me. Because I was just being this grumpy person with, with kids who weren't fully on site. And I thought, i got to get him out. Because I'm actually not that person. I'm actually quite a fun-loving, jovial person. And once I learned to relax and be myself in in the classroom, it all turned around. And I had way more control than I'd ever had.
0: Showing your true self, your fun-loving self, was the first step in uh, some of the more effective strategies that you've seen and used?
1: Well, yeah. Like little things. like You know how kids can really yeah they do stuff deliberately to try and bait you you know so some kid you know you walk in and you see this guy like diving across the room to catch the duster to make it but it's a big dramatic thing lands on the floor big noise you know now normally i would just pounce on that and so this time i'm i'm just looking at him this is after i would made my transition right i'm just looking at him the kids are looking at me is andrew going to go if his not what's going to happen what's going to happen and i just stood there and i just gave him A slow clap like this, right? That was impressive. I won't mention his name. That was very impressive. (laughs) Now, that you have earned the right to sit at this desk. There you go. I'm dusting the desk down. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. There you go. There's your first prize at the front. (laughs) You know, but I, you know, it's just like there was a, there was an action, there was a consequence, but I wasn't getting up, antsy about it. I was just made light of the situation. I got what I wanted. The kid got his attention. Everyone's happy. We move on. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I used to just react to stuff in the classroom that just made my job difficult, <laughs> and it took me a long so, time.
0: So should students
1: think that you like them? Absolutely. And and this this is a very um, hot topic for a lot of teachers because, oh, you know, it's not my job to be liked by the kids. You know? Well, it's not about trying to go out to be their friend because that's this is why teachers react because they've seen other teachers fail by thinking that they've got to be the kid's friend and that's the worst thing you could ever do as a teacher. Um, it's not about that, but here's the thing though: if if a student of yours thinks whether it's true or not is irrelevant. If they think you don't like them, then they're not going to learn from you. And particularly, boy, Steve Bidoff will say this: um, you know the psychologist. Um, a, this is really strong for boys. Girls are a bit more resilient although I still think it's very much the case for girls. The kids don't think you like them. They, they can't learn from you.
0: So is, in, is engagement one of those things that school administrators know is the elephant in the room as we've just been talking about but it's so hot to touch. It's so difficult to talk about that they just wish that people wouldn't really talk about it so much and we just keep quiet and carry on.
1: I don't think I'm qualified to speak on the behalf of school administrators. I mean, they've got a, a tough gig and one that I was never prepared to take on. Um, look, I'm sure some are extremely aware of the engagement. Well, in fact, I know some are and they're doing an enormous amount to improve the situation. They're employing people to, to turn the whole situation around in schools. I suspect some others are aware but don't know how to go about doing anything about it or feel powerless. And, and there may be some that are blind to the issue due to various factors. And I think it's human nature when there's something like disengagement. It's as big as disengagement. You're going to have all sorts of different human reactions to it from um, burying my head in the sand to actually sort of tackling it head on. But I think it's a political thing because I I think, you know, well, maybe the reason – uh, good courses on engagement are not terribly popular. You know, it's sort of like let's do some of the buzz tr- trendy things because that, that you know, I, that's what I sense. And and possibly also there's been so many courses on engagement that are not good because um, I think any any course that's going to tackle pedagogy like that and, 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 and tackle something as big as engagement, it needs to be long-term, it needs to be, you know, stuff um, – Strategies need to be implemented and reported back on and, and, and all sorts of things. It needs to be a very well thought through sort of program. Um, and I think a lot of attempts to tackle engagement um, and other areas issues as big as that haven't been so good in the past.
0: Perhaps that's why uh, at PD days we have to endure the uh, the topics like engagement because it's really only a, a sprinkling from down upon high of, uh, well, this is what we're going to do to... Uh, professionally develop ourselves but really in the end we all know that it's a long-term strategy as you just said and therefore well if we just talk about it a little bit today then the issue will sort of dissipate a little bit as time passes.
1: You know, let's face it if the, if the, if the PD is not engaging then it has to be endured doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And There's, there's the, no escape. <laughs> you know I, look I think I, I think I'm pretty good at what I do and, and I'm certainly taught get that feedback from, from, from teachers that do it. But I think one of the things that helps me is because I've done a lot of professional development as a teacher and I could work out what works and what doesn't. And, and I certainly try and avoid um, the worst of my experiences as a teacher when I was doing professional development.
0: Well, Richard, this, uh, this segues a lot into uh, something else that you're very passionate about, which is uh, student-centred learning. And I think it would be great if we could have you back on the show to talk about that at another time.
1: Well, that'd be that'd be lovely, Colin. I, you know I, I, I love having a yarn, having someone ask some questions. but yeah it is it, it, it is a really big area. this whole you know you can spend a lot of time talking about this area, and I do think it's um, I do think it's the number one issue um, that and I think it's avoided a lot.
0: Richard, thanks very much for your time.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure see you, Colin.
0: You've been listening to Learning Capacity brought to you by Learn Fast. If you'd like to know more about science-based language learning and reading programs for your school or child, visit learnfasthome.com.au. And if you'd like to know more about my guest, Richard Andrew, visit learnimplementshare.com. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.